0: Um autem venerit ille spiritus veritatis. But when he, the spirit of truth, is come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We enter today step by step into the sanctuary of the cenacle, the upper room, where our Lord speaks to His own, opening His heart to them. He reveals His own mission. He promises the gift of the Spirit of Truth. He announces the mystery of His Redi to Satvatrami, Return to the Father. And of the return to the Father of all who form one body with him, he says, I go to him that sent me. He says this to reassure the apostles who fear nothing so much as the disappearance and loss of this God-man to whom they have given their lives. The apostles are in the grip of a sorrow so heavy that they cannot even ask the question that needs to be asked. Whither goest thou? Our Lord looks into their hearts. He sees there the question, the question that must be asked. The question that must be answered. With the most reassuring patience, he himself asks the question and gives the answer but I tell you the truth, it is expedient to you that I go. For if I go not, the paraclete will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Our Lord could have used any one of a number of names of the Holy Ghost. The Church uses many of these in her prayer. Living fountain, fire of love, spiritual anointing, finger of God's right hand, living water, treasury of gifts, father of the poor, sweet guest of the soul. Our Lord uses here only two designations of the Holy Ghost, and he places one before the other. The first is Paraclete, from the Greek, Paracletos. The literal meaning of the word refers to one called close to the side of another. It refers to a legal advocate who can assess a situation rightly because he is close to the client. He can plead his client's cause convincingly by demonstrating the evident truth of what is right. The apostles were fearful men, tracked by insecurity, haunted by questions concerning Jesus' mysterious imminent departure and concerning their own future. You recall Peter's anguished question to our Lord. Behold, we have left all things and have followed thee, what therefore shall we have?" This is the question that remains, even in this hour in the Cynical, at the bottom of Peter's heart. We have left all things and have followed thee, what therefore shall we have? the Apostles, though grown men, suffered the fear that is every child's worst nightmare, the fear of being forgotten, the fear of being left alone, the fear of being lost, the fear of being orphaned. The Holy Ghost, being, as Pope Leo XIII said, the soul of the Church, moves the body of Christ to continue the mission of Christ the Head. Our Lord said, you will recall, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Wherefore he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the contrite of heart, to preach deliverance to the captives and sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of reward. The apostles, I think, feared. That with the disappearance of Jesus all of this would come to an end. No more gospel preached to the poor, no more healing for the contrite of heart, no more preaching of deliverance to captives, no more sight to the blind, no more liberty to them that are bruised. Oh, they feared a tragic Ending to three idyllic years in the company of Jesus. They feared a return to hopelessness and, more than anything else, the snuffing out of the one who had been the light of their lives. Our Lord by naming the Holy Ghost the paraclete, assuages this fundamental fear. He assures the apostles that they will not be abandoned, that they will not be left to fend for themselves. On the contrary, there will be an almighty friend at their side, the advocate, the defender, the comforter, the assessor who sees all things rightly and assures the triumph of truth. The Holy Ghost shines a searchlight over every situation. He shows up sin for what it is in all its horror. He reveals the sovereign rightness of all that God wills and decrees. He moves souls to adore the justice of God, that is, the rightness, the perfection, the wisdom, truth, beauty, and goodness of all that he ordains. He discloses the judgment of God against all who in pride and disobedience rise up against him, repeating the ancient cry of the fallen angel, non serviam." I will not serve. The prince of this world, says our Lord, is already judged. And with him are judged all who echo his defiant non servia. In the light of this, is it is it, I ask you, mere coincidence that Pentecost will fall five days before the referendum on the Eighth Amendment? Many Catholics at the moment in Ireland are fearful believers, tracked by insecurity, haunted by questions, concerning the future of the Church and the things that lie ahead. If ever we needed to turn confidently to the Holy Ghost, it is now. If ever we needed as a people to cling resolutely to the promises of Christ, it is now. What does he say? He says, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will teach you all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But what things soever he shall hear, he shall speak, and the things that are to come he shall show you. He shall glorify me because he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. The truth revealed by the Holy Ghost is not vague. It is not fuzzy. It is not open to interpretation, nor can it be subjected to dilution, coloring, or political expediency. The truth revealed by the Holy Ghost is so gloriously evident that having once glimpsed it, one cannot turn away from it without sinning against the light. There is an undeniably prophetic quality to the words of Pope Leo XIII who in May 1897 called the attention of the Universal Church to the presence and operations of the Holy Ghost, bidding all Catholics join in the great novena of Pentecost. Listen to what Pope Leo XIII said. Since he is the Spirit of Truth, Whosoever faileth by weakness or ignorance may perhaps have some excuse before Almighty God. But he who resists the truth through malice and turns away from it sins most grievously against the Holy Ghost. In our days, he was writing 121 years ago, In our days, this sin has become so frequent that those dark times seem to have come, which were foretold by St. Paul, in which men blinded by the just judgment of God should take falsehood for truth and should believe in the prince of this world, who is a liar and the father thereof, as a teacher of truth. God shall send them the operation of error to believe lying. To believe lying. In the last times, says Leo the Thirteenth, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to spirits of error and the doctrines of devils. But since the Holy Ghost, as we have said, dwells in us as in his temple, we must repeat the warning of the Apostle. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed nor is it enough to fly from sin. Every Christian ought to shine with the splendor of virtue, so as to be pleasing to so great and beneficent a guest. And first of all, with chastity and holiness, for chaste and holy things befit the temple. Hence the words of the apostle, know you not that you are the temple of God, that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? But if any man violate the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which you are. A terrible indeed, but a just warning. The Holy Ghost speaks not of himself, but of Christ. The Holy Ghost makes the Word audible in every human heart. Men, even churchmen, may harden their hearts to the voice of the Word, but the Holy Ghost will not be silenced. Not by the infernal din of the media, nor by the lying discourses of political demagogues, nor by those who teach the doctrines of devils from high places, not even by the iniquitous legislation of nations, the Holy Ghost reduces to silence every specious argument, every appeal for cowardly compromise, and every distortion of the gospel. The Holy Ghost comes to those who call upon him. He comes as the paraclete to stand close to the side of his clients, close to the side of all who entrust themselves to his divine assistance, <coughs> to his irrefutable pleadings. The Holy Ghost will, I am confident, descend afresh even upon Ireland, provided that we, like the Apostles in the Cenacle, persevere in prayer with Mary, the Mother of Jesus. The Edict of Pope. Leo XIII, has not been abrogated, you know. It is, I believe, more actual and more relevant today than when first it was promulgated 121 years ago, and this is his edict. We decree and command that throughout the whole Catholic Church, this year and in every subsequent year, An novena shall take place before which Sunday in all parish churches and also, if the local ordinaries think fit, in other churches and oratories. The things that are to come he shall show you, says the Lord. He shall glorify me because he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. May it be given to all Ireland to see what the Holy Ghost would show us, to see all that the Holy Ghost would show us, and, like the Virgin Mary, to bow humbly beneath his glorious